Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. Cyberpunks, it is time again for the Cyberpunk Lorecast. Welcome back, friends. And I, I genuinely mean that. I love hanging out with you guys. I love seeing you on our live streams. I love looking at the comments you guys post on our Twitter account and our Discord. You guys are the best. Uh, thanks for joining us again. This is Tom or Robots, your host, as usual. And I have Captain Logan, the most famous captain of the seas, at least for a little while longer. Captain Logan, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. It's E3 weekend, and you can tell everyone is just like talking about games and everything that's going like we're getting game announcements all over the place. It's insane. I know. It's, it's my favorite time of the year. It's so good. I'm glad we're back to it. I made dinner and I put uh, E3 on my phone like there next to me while I was cooking dinner. And then I brought my phone with me to the table and my wife and I are sitting there eating dinner and I'm like, I'm at work still. And I looked at her and she was like, uh huh. And I'm like. And I like it, <laughs> which <laughs> she's like, I like my job. And I'm like, yeah, but I've never liked my job before. This is great. Um, and that's and that's all because of our listeners. You guys are amazing. So thank you so much for tuning into our shows this week. We have a bunch to go over. We have a very special guest, Skullhead Soldiers, who is one of our Rocket Club members and launching his own show. Skullhead, how are you? Welcome to the show. I am doing well today. How are you guys doing? Good, good. And we, of course, know that you're a big cyberpunk fan along with us. That's other. Otherwise, why would you be on the show? Uh, and we're going to talk about your favorite quest line on the second half of this episode. But you're going to join us for the first half where we will be discussing some of the news that came out this week. That is pretty interesting. And some of the games that have been revealed for E3 this uh today even this weekend so far that are very cyberpunk and uh logan and i were discussing this while watching the e3 stuff and we were like hey we should we should you know talk about some of these games so there's a lot of content today but skullhead why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and and the podcast that you're you're working on oh boy well i am uh, obviously like you said i'm skull soldiers and the podcast i am working on and creating is um league of lore and it is about all the lore and stories in the league of legends universe and therefore the runeterran universe as a whole and i'm just really excited because i've Love the game of League of Legends since almost like eight or nine years now. And I've just now had the urge to really talk about it. I've always wanted to. And so now I am. And yeah, it's just great. Yeah. And it's a it's a growing universe. They're uh, they're adding more titles, you know, more game titles that are in set in that universe. So there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out about that. So uh, sorry about the dogs uh, barking in the background. But uh that's going to be it's going to be something that's I think a lot of people will be wanting to dive a little bit more into because there's a lot more underneath it than just, you know, like it's a MOBA and these are the cool characters with the cool powers and that's about it. 
Yeah, there is a lot to go over, especially as they're now releasing a new, an actual TV show. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and other games. Yeah, so right. there's I saw a lot that. to go into. Yeah, I was browsing through. Is it on Netflix? I was browsing through. Yeah, it's going to be on Netflix. It's called Arcane. Yes, and I saw that, and I was like, look at that. Yeah, very cool stuff. So you know, we've got a lot of stuff to get to. Let's just jump into the news. I'm hoping we can knock out the news in about five minutes. Get to the E3 stuff, and then talk about your favorite quest line, which has to do with crucifixion. And if you played through the game, yeah. you probably know which one that is because there's only one. Um, but let's let's jump into this. The first news article from today, the uh, the one that I pulled up. This is all over the place, like many of these nude ar- news nude articles. That's a different show altogether. Oh my! News articles is abortion. <laughs> is from The Verge. Man, all of a sudden we have to use the explicit tag. Um, And it's about Elon Musk. I hope this is not a nude article. Um, Elon Musk demos Cyberpunk 2077 on a new Tesla infotainment system with PS5 level performance. And then the subtitle is AMD is powering Tesla's new infotainment system. So in this new car, which costs uh, more than some people's houses, there is a system in there that you can play cyberpunk 2077 on the car is going to cost you $130,000. That's quite a, an expensive car, but I mean, if you're going to pay $130,000 then it, heck it better play cyberpunk. Cause that's way more than my PC costs. What do you guys think? <laughs> it's kind of crazy, right? Like, yeah, I'm looking at the photos of this and they've got a controller that is very reminiscent of like a Nintendo Switch Pro controller or like a, the Stadia controller. Like, yeah, it, and it's Tesla branded. So it's not just like, oh, you know, you can you can grab like a Stadia version and start playing in the Stadia version of, of C. It's like, no, he is making a, a PlayStation 5 level PC in this car and I guess for for reasons like I know he's a gamer, I know he's a madman, and I know he's trying <laughs> to make cyberpunk into a thing, whether it be here or on Mars. But I I just don't know like what 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 do you like? Let's take let's let's throw out the weird idea. Tom, you bought one hundred and thirty thirty thousand dollar gaming or a uh, 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 Tesla S Plaid. When are you going to spend time gaming on this? When you're when you're on the freeway, like driving, like yeah, is right. this going to be? Oh my god! Is, is that the is that the idea? Like you're supposed to be playing like while you're in autopilot mode? Well, I mean, everybody can play. <laughs> I guess yeah. If you're on autopilot mode, maybe. But if you're driving your car, I mean, it's bad enough to use your phone and just like talk to somebody on your phone. Like imagine trying to drive in cyberpunk while driving your car. That sounds like a really bad idea. Um, mm-hmm. On the flip side turning the monitor over to me if I'm on in the passenger seat while like my wife and my family are going on a trip, you know, and I'm like, Hey honey, will you mind driving for like the next hour while I kill some cyber psychos? Yeah. You know, like that sounds cool. Um, but yeah, um, it's in the front middle of the console too, which means it obviously can be seen by the driver. Which we're going, I guarantee this, in the next year we are going to get some big news article about like massive pileup caused by Tesla driver who was playing video games while driving his car. And then there's going to be this big pushback against this for sure. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds a little, I don't know. But it's cool. I will. It's cool. I will say, yeah. For self-driving cars, I want these included. 
Yeah, when we get to that point where I can trust self-driving cars, and, and Tesla does a, does the best. They they are the best at that kind of thing. Like they've only had a few reported incidents where it was actually caused by the car and not neglect on the on the players uh, or the persons. See, I'm already doing it. I'm already <laughs> saying that they're players. Yep. Uh, the drivers um, portion of that, uh, as far as I've seen reports. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, I, no. I don't it, mind reading those articles. You are absolutely right. The percentage of self-driving cars, even now, and they're not even that prolific, and and most of them are driving on highways with mostly other obviously other human drivers and they would be way more safer if they're on highways with only other uh programmed like computer drivers uh but the yeah. the it is no comparison at all the say the safety of a an automated driving vehicle is magnitudes higher than a human driver um yeah but yeah you know like once we have that then yeah put these in every car like have you know give me something i can use to play games or even do work while driving somewhere so i can just get stuff done instead of having to focus on driving because it's just a waste of time i think it really speaks to just like how how much of a testament to the cyberpunk genre that cyberpunk 2077 was the game that they wanted to showcase a game that as far as most people are willing to admit does absolutely require like top end hardware to be able to play well. So when you're reading through this article by Tom Warren, it's clear that it's like, yeah, they they went and they've got like a 10 teraflop system built into this car to be able to run this this version of Cyberpunk 2077 at high frame rate. So it's like, man, they they really wanted to like put a, a little like if you didn't know why you wanted one hundred and thirty to thirty thousand dollar car. this might be that reason it might be easier to pick up one of these than it is to pick up a ps5 at this point (laughs) yeah probably probably well um yeah that's about all there is to say about that but uh, heck i mean other than like it's got to have like like a what's the current radeon amd cards they're not even radeons anymore are they uh the ryzen the ryzen 6900 xt or something it's got to have like one of those in it yeah, I can't remember what the actual serial number is, but yeah, the Ryzen chips are, are actually getting market share, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryzen CPUs are really good right now. Finally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're a better value than the uh, the GeForce equivalent, and they're probably more available in some places than, uh, you know, cards, high technology, anything is hard to get right now. Well, let's move on to the next uh, article. We have, you guys remember the whole data breach thing? We talked about it a little bit last week again. And there's some new information. The uh, There's an article here on Polygon. Again, this is everywhere. Polygon says, Cyberpunk 2077 publisher CD Projekt says, data breach is worse than originally thought. We cannot confirm whether or not the data involved may have been manipulated or tampered with. And on top of that, they've been sitting on information for a little while now that the data may have also included personal data for some of the developers, which is a lot more dangerous than just code for the games, because now you're talking the lives of the people who worked on the games and who knows their login info, their addresses, their emails, their credit cards, you know, like what's on that data. Um, and they haven't exactly said, but it looks like there, this is a bigger problem than was currently believed. It also looks like they've been waiting for the authorities to do more about it before they brought more to the surface. But with all the recent leaks of that data, it seems like they're coming, you know, out with a little bit more information about what might actually be in those leaks. So this whole thing just sucks. I feel bad for the developers on this. Like, it doesn't matter if you think that they released the game too early and it wasn't ready yet. Nobody's personal life should be affected 
by something like this. That's, you know, when you put somebody's personal life in danger, that's just wrong. Yeah, it's it's a shame that of all the things to come out of this leak, it, it not only caused a lot of stress for the actual uh, company, but I, I kind of wonder, did the employees actually find out about this this way or were they told ahead of time? And then what is CDPR doing to protect the the personal data of the employees? Because if they got actual like employee and for current and former employee information, that's that's docs level. That's like E3 dumping your information accidentally uh, to, to, to people, you know, getting doxxed and whatnot. So it's already bad enough that there's a lot of hate towards CDPR for the state of cyberpunk. But if that personal information is out there in the world, that makes it even scarier because, you know, you can't trust that your home is now safe if the wrong people get that information. And at that point, you know, what is this company going to do to protect the employees to make sure that they don't get harassed in person? Online is is bad enough, but in yeah. person, that's a scarier prospect. Coming home every day from work, trying to do your job, only to find out that you've not now got death threats on your door. And yeah. it's because this information got leaked. Like, that's that's horrible. Letters in the mail, spray paint on your doorstep, whatever. People are, are nuts. Like that stuff happens. Yeah, I really do hope they're doing something about that because that's the last thing needs to be happening to these people. Absolutely. So we we hope they're able to at least I don't do what they can. The authorities can find more about the leakers and potentially put a stop to it. But once the information's out there, it's out there. So that is a, a significant issue. Um, the last article we have is about PlayStation and Cyberpunk. And Logan, why don't you take this one? Yeah, so I love Paul Tassi. He's he's like one of my favorite people. And over at Forbes, he wrote up a, an interesting article that actually touched on the fact that the that the PlayStation Four and Five you still cannot buy a digital copy of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. I've seen PS four copies running around. Tom, you recently posted in the Discord that you can actually pick it up for fairly cheap with free shipping, which is great if you have a PlayStation and that's your main ecosystem. But the interesting part of the article that I wanted to touch on was that uh, uh, Paul Tassi talked about an, an interview with Jim Ryan, the, the CEO of Sony, who was interviewed by Axios. And the question came up, um, what, what what's it going to take for Cyberpunk 2077 to return to the store? And Sony gave no answer, uh, but they did comment on why the gamers was removed. And they said that uh, Ryan says, quote, this was a tough decision for us to make. But ultimately, we had to act in the interests of place of the PlayStation community and not knowingly sell a game that might result in a bad experience for them, unquote. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is I wanted to pose the question to you, what in their terms is considered a bad experience? Because as far as I know, Sony is really hard to return games for. Um, They're not in the they're not really of the mindset of of giving you your money back if you buy a game from them, especially if you pre-order it. So if this game is is busted to the point where it's it's crashing consistently and you're not getting a good experience out of it. Is that what it's going to take for them to, uh, to to remove other games on the store? Like, is this a one-off? Like, they felt like they were uh, kind of uh, stung by the the CDR response to people um, saying that they that they wanted their money back, and and CDPR saying, "Well, go to your go to your console owner if you want your money back, or send an email to this address, and we'll get you your money back." Or was this? kind of how they're taking their policy all the way because if if it's the former 
I would hate to see that CDPR get shafted, for lack of a better term, because of a bad PR stunt that they did uh, for this. Like, if, if this is their policy, then they really need to kind of outline better what their expectations are for games to be able to run properly so that people get good experiences. Because otherwise, they need to really introduce a more rigorous and uh, customer-friendly means of returning video games besides just the the opportunities that they gave people for cyberpunk 2077 at that point they need to look at the addressed concerns of what cyberpunk was dinged for and bring the game back to the store so that people can actually purchase it if they want just just because they had a bad experience and they took it off the store doesn't mean that you need to hold them forever to this to this uh, idea that they aren't allowed to be back on the store especially if they've addressed the main concerns which as far as we can tell we haven't had really good like statistics on their crash data like they gave us a, a graph of how how well their their system how stable their game is on on different platforms mm -hmm. but that's there's no way to gauge like if it's you know if it's crashing 80 percent of the time the 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 line that they gave us could go down to like 85 percent. we just don't know the actual data for that so I want to know from Sony, like if you guys are okay with bringing this game back, then what are those conditions so that Cyberpunk can actually be uh, those those concerns can actually be addressed? Because I'm really tired of hearing this. I can't believe that that uh, their game is so bad that even Sony won't put it back on their system. It's like runs fine on pretty much everything else. Haven't heard any complaints from anyone uh, about it crashing all the time anymore like it used to. So yeah. I just want to see like when can when is Cyberpunk, when is CDPR going to get a catch a break after all the stuff that happened? It seems like they're making an example of this as, as kind of a warning, but you're right. It is vague. You know, like if I was an indie yeah. developer, I wouldn't know. I would know, okay, well, I need to make sure my game runs well, but I wouldn't know to what extent. You know, what, what is the bar? Yeah. And if yeah. I'm putting something out early, is it okay to put it out early? Like, there's a lot of questions. I'm sure they have connections. Like a lot of these game developers have personal connections with people inside the company who can walk them through these things. But uh, the sense I got is that CDPR kind of screwed Sony over, kind of strong armed them, maybe lied to them a little bit about the state of the game in order to get it out when they wanted to get it out. And then it bit them in the butt. And Sony was like, okay. We're not we're not playing this. We we're in charge of the platform. And if we're even if we're going to lose money on this, you know, in the long term, you know, we need to stand our ground. But yeah, at what point do they, you know, come back and say, OK, it's good enough now. We'll put it back on the store. Yeah, it still feels personal to me. And I think yeah. that's the point where I'm like, OK, you know, put on your big boy britches. Let's let's try and work this out and stop stop kind of living in the past about this. Let's get yeah. this game on the system. Yeah, Angel Otaku in chat says OG PS4 user and it runs good. Um, so not perfect, but good. So, yeah, I, I think it would be interesting to get a little bit more from Sony on this, but I don't think we will get more until we just all of a sudden get a notification that, oh, they're back on the store. Everything's fine. So we'll see. Well, guys, let's yeah. let's move on to games because we again, we're, this this episode is going to get away from us. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today, and I've got some examples of the games to play and feel free to comment on them. I'm going to play them in on the stream. So if you are a podcast listener and not a watcher, you can always check out us live at twitch.tv slash robots radio or look us up on the robots radio YouTube channel if you want to see what we're talking about when we go over these episodes. So here 
here, check this one out. I'm going to switch over to the browser and I'm going to maximize this. This game is called, I'm going to turn the sound off so we can talk about it, uh, about it. This is called Replaced and it's a 2D steampunk style game. And the trailer shows us what looks like a DOS-like screen with red text logging in. And Logan, I remember watching this and commenting uh, while we were doing the live stream uh, about the, the Xbox reveal that the, the graphics look amazing. It's got this like 16-bit but yet 3D aesthetic. Totally. Oh, yeah. Dude, this is like if people were excited about Valorant in, in the PS1 kind of style world that they built, this is like Sega Genesis to the max. Like it's insane how, how detailed it is while still being pixelated like ray traced lighting oh yeah in a in a 2d pixel world like are you kidding yeah it's, a, it's beautiful yeah it looks like they are 3d figures animated throughout the world with a uh pixelated filter over top of it is kind of what it looks like but i'm not completely convinced that that's fully what's going on um, but it's a yeah. it's a dystopian world. You have a character walking through a subway station and fighting what looks like these gangs and then climbing up a uh, the side of a building with this neon that says hotel. This when this came up, I thought at first I thought, oh, this is kind of cyberpunky. But then the more I thought about it, it's not as much cyberpunk 2020 or 2077 as it is um, Blade Runner. There's something about yeah. some of these buildings, like especially at the end of Blade Runner. And by the way, remind me, we need to do a, a Blade Runner breakdown episode because I rewatched oh, it a few months ago. And, and that's one of those topics that keeps coming back up in my head. Yeah. Um, but the I settings, yeah, like the rundown building at the end of Blade Runner that has kind of this uh, early 20th century architecture, but, you know, is in this future cyberpunky world, that combination of those two things. What do you think, Skullhead? I I mean, like I said, I think this looks absolutely beautiful and I'm definitely interested in probably playing this now because of its unique art style and also because of the fact that it seems to be a different kind of cyberpunk where instead of being in like a massive futuristic city or anything like those, like in Cyberpunk or Blade Runner, but almost on the outskirts of civilization a little bit mm -hmm. with some like ruins going around as well and i think that's a very interesting idea of what is cyberpunk to the small town what is cyberpunk to the woods and that's a really interesting idea that i don't think i've seen explored before so i'm really excited to see that yeah other than the badlands uh, we don't get a whole lot of like non uh, urban environments in any of the cyberpunk stuff that that we've covered so far um the other thing that's cool Can about I, it, and I, I just want to describe it for the listeners, is it, it's oh, a yeah. side scroller and the action plays out kind of like, I don't know if you've seen Salt and Sanctuary or um, Blasphemous. Hey, that's what yeah. making me think of. Yeah. Or even like Hollow Knight. It's got kind of that like quick animation and then like you, you do like a massive hit on something and everything slows down for a moment and then speeds back up kind of thing. It's really smooth, um, but again, very beautiful. Go ahead, Logan. Yeah. Yeah. The, the article that we were watching is from Rebecca Valentine. Uh, she does great work, but they, the, the little blurb in here that I think does a great job of explaining it for, for folks that might be interested in the cyberpunk game is the game appears, uh, appears to take place in a uh, place called Phoenix city in a dystopian alternate version of the eighties USA. 
and features stylistic two and a half D art. You control reach, which is uh, uh, abbreviated for something, and AI trapped in a human body against its will. Though there are a few concrete details just yet, the trailer showed off uh, fa showed off a fast-paced action combat in a beautiful but dark cyberpunk world, and this feels like the the movement of like blasphemous or or dead cells with the dystopian future of like a blade runner but it feels very much like a uh like a, a symphony of the night like castlevania style game yeah. where you're going to be traversing these worlds and i'm i'm so down for this man when i saw this i was just like okay replaced is now on my list i'm going to be checking this out in 2022. yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, very cool stuff. So the next one on our list is called The Ascent. And the description here is uh, from the from their website, actually the Xbox website, where they have a specific page for the game, is you belong to the corporation. Can you survive without it? The Ascent is a solo and co-op action shooter RPG set in a cyberpunk world. The mega corporation that owns you and everyone, The Ascent Group, has just collapsed. So what happens in a cyberpunk dystopia where you can no longer rely, rely on the corpo company that you worked for because it has fallen apart is kind of the concept here. And again, we're going to show this while we while we discuss it. So I'm going to pull it up on screen and the trailer is available if you if you search the ascent. So if you want to see it that way, too, and the it, it is much more urban than the last game and has a more traditional. Oh, the the trailer stopped why did you stop trailer um traditional urban kind of cyberpunk 2077 kind of vibe to it yeah and it looks amazing yeah it's it's isometric in a XCOM kind of way mm -hmm. that's how i would describe it but you also yeah. totally but like some of the character design it looks almost alien the people have modified themselves in ways that are very extreme in some cases I definitely think there's probably aliens in this. It, it, it plays like a Gauntlet Legends in my mind, uh, with an X, XCOM kind of uh, three quarters isometric view. The the thing that really like we were just talking about how uh, replaced looks like it's in Blade Runner. Like if you were to look at Blade Runner, uh, it twenty seven or no, what is it twenty? What is the new one called? Twenty twenty seven? Why am I blanking? Uh, it's uh, yeah. Oh God, I don't remember. Uh, now I'm blanking. Twenty twenty four. I Some, can't remember. something like I don't that know. yeah somebody will, but yeah, somebody will if, tell us in chat hopefully um but yeah this, this looks like that's the that's title 2049. 2049 i was way off um this game definitely looks like a twin stick shooter uh xcom style but not the turn-based strategy like full action four-player co-op right and God, just, things are exploding things are, are are dissolving the lighting in this is another thing too like they have spent a lot of time on the the lighting in the world because it looks like you're in different tiers of the world and you're going into buildings and things are reflecting off of the surfaces you're seeing a lot of gunfire and things exploding and you see that re represented in in the world and you're getting just it's just so cool I, I anyone that has an xbox or game pass you have to play this because it's going to be on game pass and and yeah it's just it looks amazing i can't wait for this one as well and that's that's actually i think coming 
2021 in August, I want to say. Uh, July 29th. So it's really not oh, that far right. away. Oh, wow. That's yeah. really soon. Yeah. And the, uh, the other thing I love about it is, well, it's like a four player cooperative shoot your way through the environment kind of thing. So it's kind of very arcadey, but the environments have so much detail. There's just like things on tables and little pieces of garbage all over the place. The the amount of art just for this game, it, it, I mean, holy crap, there's so much stuff. And then once you start shooting and explosions go everywhere and things break and th there's a lot going on. It is it is a beautiful cacophony of just who knows? I, I don't know even what the, what the word is. Chaos and explosions. Just pure and chaos. It looks yes. it looks amazing. Yeah, it does look amazing. And when you mentioned Gauntlet, like it made me start thinking back. It's like because Gauntlet used to be a game like me and my family used to play together, me and my sisters and my dad, and seeing another game like that, but now in Cyberpunk, like that's giving me all sorts of nostalgic feelings that I can't wait to explore. Yeah. 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 Um, and it looks like everyone has special abilities and they may even be different. Um, I don't know if there's different like jobs or classes Probably for classes. each of the characters yeah. with different abilities that like maybe somebody shields more, somebody does more DPS, somebody heals. I don't know. But it again, it looks like one of those things that you absolutely like. I will be playing this. It's on Game Pass. I'm now doing the Xbox Game Pass show. I will be trying this out. And if you guys want to join me, feel free because uh, I'll be streaming it when it comes out. So. Awesome stuff. Then we have Atomic Heart and Atomic Heart. I'm pulling up the Steam page for it and I'll show you guys um, some of the images here. And actually, there's a trailer, so I'll pull that up, too. Atomic Heart is an open world action RPG, events of which unfolds in an alternate universe during the high noon of the Soviet Union. URP3, a special KGB agent who is investigating the catastrophic event at facility number 3826. So it's got this like russian kind of vibe to it at the same time yeah. that it's um in here but we'll pull up the trailer as, as we talk and uh here we go and this one's crazy because it feels a little bit like fallout but also metro exodus yes and you know what scares the crap out of me is when something grabs you and doesn't let go no matter how much you beat it and this game excels at that because there's definitely a few times in the trailers where you'll get turned around because it's all in first person perspective as a shooter. You'll get turned around and this AI robot will just be holding you and you're like hitting it with a giant stick and it's not it's not letting go. <laughs> and It's just like, um, what do I got to do to get this thing to let me go? Uh, and it's just it, the battles look like they're intense. It does not look like these are easy fights compared to what we've been seeing. So a really weird game, too. Um, yeah. Tom, did you get a chance to check out like the the weird wiring system for like uh, when you actually heal up or when you jack into things? Like, it's, oh no, it's really bizarre. No, I didn't see that part. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really it's really wild looking. It's like Fallout with less whimsy in a Russian cyberpunk environment with like mm -hmm. biological chaos and it's got a lot of bioshock or prey vibes going for me yeah yeah totally yeah it feels it feels like as if bethesda was given uh the the rights to detroit becoming human or something yeah it's, it's really strange yeah um but so, again it's it's beautiful there's a lot of really cool effects and the combat looks satisfying you know again first person that was a heal okay yeah, fully fully animated, um, very minimal UI, which is nice. 
That was him jacking into that little robot to get it to go to. Like, remember when we were talking about Cyberpunk and how we we would have the uh, the mono wire to be able to jack into things to yeah. to affect them? Yeah. That this game has that, and it's like uh, it's it's just real quick. Like if you've played Overwatch and you've and you've ever played uh, Sombra, Sombra hacks things, but everything that she hacks is digital. These actually, uh, you have augments in your in your hands that are like uh, little tendrils. Um, think like the the little tails on Avatar ponytails and stuff. And watching this this person kind of run through this building that's completely desolate of human life and and just completely torn up by all these machines you're running around with these two these two saw blades on top of this uh mace this club as you're swinging it towards these kind of weird wire creatures that are just a a, a mesh of of just insane wiring and when you go to heal yourself, you hold up a little capsule and these little uh, tendrils pop out of your arm and connect up to the actual capsule. And that is your heal. And I'm just like, wow, that is it's it's visceral. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's insane. Uh, just what what it's actually like trying to convey as far as this is how you heal. This is how you hack things. This is how you interact with objects. Um, so very, very just disturbing really disturbing yeah yeah like there's floating chickens there's uh some of the the ai is very unique and then other parts of the ai look like animated mannequins which of course is super creepy um and there's all sorts of weird environment like where this portion here shows what looks like some sort of goop like like water yeah it's really wild frozen in the environment in weird ways that it couldn't be in real life yeah um there's a there's a lot going on in this the world design is very interesting um yeah they they really stepped out of the bounds of what you would come to expect with a normal first person shooter and they're giving you something that just it's it's like a fever dream dude yeah you know and this is this is something bethesda has been so good at it's one of the reasons why they're so so big is that they give us these games that are fun to play you know it's fun to play fallout it's fun to play elder scrolls but the world is also equally as interesting as the gameplay and or maybe even more so. And I have to wonder if that if this is going to be it's not open world. It looks like you're, you're working your way through levels, but it's the no, kind it is. of is it open world? Yeah, you even said it. Oh, did I say it? Oh, my God. <laughs> you goof. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I got that wrong. Um, well, then even more info like I've seen too many games today, guys. There's so many. Um, but yeah, like having a world that's this interesting is a really solid beginning place because that I mean, heck, that's what allows us to do these lore podcasts is that there's worlds where we can just talk and talk and talk and talk about the details of the world, you know? Yeah. And that's that's yeah. awesome. So we've got it's the first. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it's it's the first game outside of a Bethesda game or like an uh, Obsidian game that gives me the sense that it knows what it wants to be and it's willing to to really latch on to this weirdness and and take you along for a ride. Absolutely. And this is going to be out on all the all the last gen and current gen new gen consoles and on PC, but there's no release date yet. So that makes me think probably next year. Probably, yeah. you know, middle of next year, or probably at least a year out, if not, mm. if not more. Um, but that's fine. Like, do, continue designing this. this. The developer is Mundfish, who I don't think I've heard of before. I'm just looking up. They, yeah, they don't have any other titles. So, yeah, 
So very cool stuff. Then we have Mecha Jammer. This one, this one's right up my alley too. Here, check this out. I'll be, I'll play the uh, video. Turn the sound off. I don't want to get DMCA'd for anything. And it's got, it's got that pixelated kind of isometric thing going for it. What do you guys think about this one? It's definitely, it's definitely something that it's, it's got. Like I don't play too many of these style games, which is is a shame because there's so many good ones out there for indie games. But it's definitely indie. It's definitely cyberpunk. They've they've really kind of set it up like Road Warrior style. Road Warrior style, where you know you've got very unique kind of uh, looking vehicles that that don't look like they are the the clean polished vehicles that you'd see in like the heart city of uh, cyberpunk 2077 and you're coming up against some really weird creatures in this like creatures that look like they're zombies but more demon style so I, i'm really curious how this is going to connect you to uh to its world because mecha drummer to me doesn't really tell me a whole lot about the world that it is but you've got marketplaces uh just like you would expect out of like a blade runner film um but it, it does look like they're 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 going to have some sort of co-op in there as well too so yeah, i maybe. would imagine this is probably a much smaller team probably like five to ten people uh trying to come up with a really nice take on on a cyberpunk aesthetic yeah the it has that very modernized like if fallout one was built today by a small team kind of quality yeah to it. Um, the, yeah. the world is very, it looks like it's falling apart. There's junk everywhere, but there's vehicles. Everything is isometric. It looks like there may even be a pausing the action kind of system because all of a sudden the world moves into these like hexagrid shapes. Um, I, I don't know. I was wondering about that. Yeah. It looks like, it looks like maybe you can pause and then start it back up in order to like plan what you're going to do next. Kind of reminds me of like a um, cadence of Hyrule. Uh, yeah, had, had a very kind of on on rhythm based system where enemies would move if you moved. But maybe it's like an action XCOM game where you have like a team and you're kind of running around. I, there's not much information that I can see about this, so I'm very curious. Like, uh, you know, when when it's coming out, it doesn't look like it's coming out for consoles either. It looks like it's just coming out for PC so far. Yeah. Uh, but they're talking about being a time uh, turn based. Um, uh, RPG. So uh, an XCOM style to me seems like it would make sense. Yeah, but it could maybe... also be like a fusion, kind of like how uh, Dragon Age One was. Right. That way. Right. Yeah. I think I think maybe it is. Um, there's no release date. Platforms: PC, Mac, and Linux. Uh, cyberpunk RPG genre. So it's got that high octane, simultaneous turn based. So maybe even you can co-op play simultaneously in the turn based system. So this will this will be one to keep your eyes on. Uh, Mecha Jammer, especially if you're a PC player who likes these indie projects. Um, and uh, the aesthetics is cool. You know, it it still fits all the stuff that we like about, you know, these kinds of cyberpunk dystopian worlds. So very cool stuff. Guys, it's time to move to the middle of the show so we can thank our patrons and we will be back to discuss a very, well, controversial, potentially storyline when we get back. So we have some news. There's there's two things to note here. One, we're going to thank our patrons, but hold on for that, because the second thing to note here is that we are now an Xbox and Microsoft affiliate 
which is phenomenal. So Sam, uh, N7 Legend, and I started the Mass Effect Lorecast, and then we decided to start a new podcast on Monday nights. It's the um, Xbox Game Pass show, and it talks about with all these awesome games coming to Game Pass and Microsoft purchasing Bethesda and a lot of the titles that we play and EA and Fallout and Mass Effect and all those things being on Game Pass. We decided, you know what? It would be really cool to talk about those things because you guys know me. I like to jump between lots of different games. So we started that show and I reached out to see if we could become an affiliate. And it turns out they accepted us, which is phenomenal. This is a huge thing. So what that means is that you can get the deals like one dollar for three months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and if, when you sign up, we get a little bit of a kickback and it doesn't cost you anything more. So there's a link in the show notes. There's a link in underneath the player where you can click it. And if you just want to type it in, it's bit.ly slash RR Game Pass. And if you type that in, you'll get to the Microsoft page where you can sign up for Game Pass. And this works for new people. If you are already on Game Pass and you just want to sign back up and give us a little kickback, it doesn't cost you anything extra. It's another way that you can help support the show and the network. And um, thank you for even considering doing that because it would really, really help us out. Um, so that's exciting news. Uh, who knew that, that we were enough of a thing to be considered for Microsoft affiliates. So awesome stuff. And also thank you to our cyberpunk patrons. You guys are amazing. We are very excited about doing our patron episode coming up in two weeks. It'll be on the 27th of the month. And we're looking forward to chatting with you guys. And we have one, two, three, four, five, five of you potentially joining us on the 27th. And this is going to be awesome because it's, it's Logan, it's probably my favorite episode to do every month. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I always have a good time with it. Yeah, it's it's always a good time. So if you want to check out the Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash cyberpunk cyberpunk lowcast. I don't know what happened to my accent there. Uh, and, and you can sign up for as low as three dollars or pay what you want. And if you sign up for the upgraded one, you can join us on a future episode of the show. And even at the regular three dollar level, you get ad free episodes a day early and all sorts of other stuff. So go check that out and let's get back to the rest of our show. Looking for an RPG podcast that isn't just D&D? Roll to cast is the answer. No, no, wait, sorry. What games have we played so far? Well, we've done Cyberpunk 2020. What does it mean to have a voice? And there's going to be something big coming, Chumba. Hey, if you're listening, I won. I beat you. You suck. There was a time when we were slamming things against our phones and... <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Chloe, Sam. You can't use those words! He's gonna grab Vincent, press him against the wall. I mesmerize him. This is Adelaide's Anarch movement. First out of your chair, your hand goes to your gun and you draw. Hulk Cthulhu. Told you I had it. We've all got the creeps going. I love it so much. Right there. Screechy child. <laughs> My favorite daughter. Maybe after what we just seen, we're feeling a bit trigger happy. And the new Cyberpunk Red. Babe, you're good, but. Better. Thought maybe you might be able to give me a counter off. Straight through his neck. I don't see bone either, but I'm not gonna look. My leg's fine. I always knew you wanted to fly, kid. Come find me. Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. A new game every season. Original music. Original stories. Interviews with the creators. And delightful Aussie accents. Listen to us on all good podcatchers. Even support us on Patreon for bonus content. That's Roll to Cast. R-O-L-E. Come discover a new world. Skullhead 
it's time to talk Cyberpunk 2077 and your favorite quest line. And why don't I just hand it off to you? What what quest are we talking about? Oh, uh, well, as you said earlier, it's a quest that ends with a crucifixion, but um, it starts, it's basically the Cinderman quest line. It starts out with a quest called Cinderman. And spoilers, if anybody doesn't want anything spoiled and you didn't know there was a crucifixion quest line somewhere in here, we're, we're going to try not to spoil this for you. So spoilers from this point on in the show, probably don't listen if you don't want to hear it. But otherwise, chances are most of you have played through this by now. Go ahead and listen and hear our thoughts on this. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, it starts out with Cinnamon, then leads into another quest called There is a Light That Never Goes Out, which it ends with They Won't Go When I Go. And I believe these are all song titles. I'm not entirely sure about that. So someone can correct me in the chat right now. Um, I'm not sure. That's the, a good uh, question. All, all of the quests in Cyberpunk 2077 are actually or, uh, song titles. Oh. Believe it or not. Are they? How did I not know yeah. this? How did I not know this? Know. Wow. This is why Logan's on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Uh, can you give us kind of an overview of what happens in this quest line? Yeah, sure thing. Um, Cinnamon starts out when a a guy called Bill Jablonski uh, basically hires you through Wakako. And he tells you that he wants to kill a guy because um, they killed someone like they care about. And so then you go after the transport vehicle that's sort of like transferring between prisons. At least that's what you think. You go after it, um, the guy can, you can actually kill um, the person quote unquote, responsible before anything happens. And that just ends the quest line right there. Congratulations, you get paid. <laughs> or you don't and your contact dies. Like the person that you're working with, he straight up gets killed by an NCPD patrol car, uh, officer. And that leads you into meeting a man named Joshua Stevenson. This guy, okay, he <laughs> is a murderer, he is convicted, mm -hmm. and he was going to be sent to the electric chair, which apparently that still exists in Cyberpunk 2077, good to know. Yeah, and, I, I didn't even think about that when that came up. You're right, that is a little bit weird. Yeah, yeah. And basically you find out that he is off to be crucified um, th while by, while having his brain scanned through a, for a brain dance. Um, you find this out as you go with him to meet the sister of the, of the man he killed, who apparently forgave him and visited him in jail and actually converted him to Christianity. And while he's there, he's trying to get forgiveness from the mother. The mother says, get out, because of course she does. Right. He <laughs> leaves. Yeah, well, of course he does. And this leads into there's a light that never goes out where you just go to a diner and you chat with the, with the guy and have some pretty deep conversations about faith. Um, he keeps talking about faith as you talk to him while you're traveling. Oh, and, uh, and, and big spoilers for the diner. There's pizza, but you can't pick it up. Yeah, I tried. The true tragedy. I tried. I was shame. That's found, the real reason the side quest is controversial. Yeah, it's it, it's like a what? It's like a hot dog place or something. But then there's pizza there, and I found some pizza on the counter. And I was streaming this at the actually Buddy Bot was streaming this at the time, who's my little robot friend who who jumps in my stream on occasion, and uh, he loves pizza. And he went to go pick up the pizza, couldn't pick it up, knocked it onto the ground, and the pizza splatted all over the place. It was very tragic. 
But anyway, I remember go on. that. I actually you remember this. It was the most tragic thing. <laughs> I do remember thing. that. Was like, ah, no, no, not the pizza. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Skullhead soldiers. One thing that I, I did want to see if you could touch on too is is um, the reason you're kind of following around this this guy is because of the brain dance. And I think that was one of the more interesting aspects of the quest before we get into kind of the heavier parts of it. Uh, I, I really, I, the reason why I had so much trouble with this quest is so many times they have you uh, opportunities to kind of drop off during the quest and you're like, no, I don't care about this. I don't, I'm not religious or I don't care what you do, you know, go, go have fun. Yeah. And there's so many points where I was just like, nope, I'm done. I'm cutting out. I don't want to deal with this. And every time I was just like a little bit of curiosity was pulling me back and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll reload the save. I'll go through the, the, the dialogues and I'll pick the other option. And coming across this, it was really strange to me that one of the main reasons why this guy is getting a chance to go do out what he's doing is because his brain is going to be scanned for brain dances so that the media can actually sell that brain dance of him getting crucified. And I'm just like blowing my mind here. Like, really, that the cops are escorting this prisoner because the media have enough control over what's going on that they've managed to convince the judge to give this guy one last day out to make amends before he gets crucified so that they, they can then record his death for public consumption. And I'm just like, that doesn't, okay, yeah. that's crazy. It's so, kind of disgusting. Yeah. yeah Skullhead, uh, give, give me some feelings on that when you <laughs> kind of realize that when you're feeling that, because I was, I was astonished when it happened. That is one of the aspects of the quest that Yep. makes me like maybe deeply deeply uncomfortable because it's literally as you described it's he it's a media corporation being like hey let's take this man who is going to die in a truly awful way crucifixion is a slow awful death mm-hmm. and they're going to then scan that and send that onto the world and get big money from it because apparently they think that will sell and it's uh, it's just really, really messed up, and that's kind of why. This is actually the reason I, like, when I was doing my playthrough, my first playthrough, actually through this quest line, I kept going was because if I can't change anything else about this interaction between this man and this corporation, like he's going to die no matter what, he's going to go through this bro dance no matter what. At least I can give him some peace and some companionship before he gets to that point. And it was, that was like the main driving force, like as me as a player and also me like thinking through my character, like what would they do through this? Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough dilemma. Um, And I think it's difficult regardless of your own perspective on these things. Like if you are a Christian, if you come from a religious perspective and you are a Christian, then you might feel you might feel either like, well, he's doing what he believes in. So let him do it. Or you might feel like this is uh, Jesus wouldn't want you to do this. Why would you do that? He did this so you don't have to kind of perspective. So you might take that perspective on it. If you are religious and not a Christian, you might feel like he's crazy. But then again, you might feel like, well, he's following his convictions, so let him do it. If you are not religious, you might still have a problem with it because of 
you know, even if you are religious or not religious because of like Logan said, the whole media consumption of it. The fact that this uh, he's almost in a way being manipulated by the media, like it feels like he's being goaded on to do it because they're going to get something out of it. Um, then there's the part of you that goes like, is he is he all there? Should somebody step in and protect him from himself? Because this is still not a good idea. You know, like, where are the boundaries on that? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the interesting through line right there, what you said, because the initial thought is, is like the media is doing this because they're trying to produce this this brain dance called The Passion, mm -hmm. which is an illusion and alluding to the Passion of Christ film, uh, which was the telling of, of Jesus Christ. Right. And, and that moment is called The Passion like that. That is yeah. traditionally what people call it. Yeah. So it, like seeing this, like you, you talked about. You know, is Joshua fully there? Like, is he being manipulated? And I actually see it as a little bit of both. It's a very symbiotic relationship because he has a dream and he has a goal and he has conviction for most of it. And he's using this as an opportunity to bring his his faith to the masses, whereas he can affect more people with this one brain dance than if he ever had an opportunity on the streets after he got out of prison. So. I, I'm curious, Skullhead, is that kind of the approach that you came away from it? How did you feel when when you came to that point of is he been being manipulated or is he uh, uh, doing exactly what he knows he can do and using the media to get what he wants? I think it's a bit of both. I think the it's very obvious that um, the because there's a corporate agent with you along the, the quest line um, named Rachel. And she actually at one point tries to get you to leave to stop interfering because she feels like you're going to ruin the brain dance. And that's when you, that's one of those outs you can take or you can be like, no, I'm staying here because uh, Joshua wants me here. So I'm going to be here for him. And it it basically come down to like whether or not he is all there or whether or not the corporations are manipulating him there is a a weird sense of purity coming from him he is very he's his conviction is true he really doesn't believe that what he's going to do is good to change the world for the better whether than just dying off in an electric chair somewhere where no one will even care about it at least hit this death can matter in his mind and because of the fact that there's no way I can change what's going to happen because you, like, you, I mean, you shoot the corporate agent, you shoot Joshua, then there's just two pointless deaths. Like, there's not really much you can do. Like, you can't kill them in the quest anyways. But, like, that's not, that's not an option you have. So it's basically, what's the lesser of the two evils kind of situation? Like, do you let it go on and just say, I'm hands off, I'm not dealing with this, I don't want to get my hands dirty? Or do you stay involved and try to, unsuc at least, like unsuccessfully in the end, like convince him to not go through it? Or do you just try to be there to be a comforting person, like basically be his last friend, is what it comes down to. Yeah. And like that to me is what really got to me and why I kept going along with it and why I tried to be like questioning, like in the dialogue choices, I was usually more questioning, like, are you sure about this? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But in the end, like, yeah. <laughs> who's who's I, I, in the I, background? Yeah. Can you say hi for us? Sorry. <laughs> we hear somebody in the background. <laughs> um, 
Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But yeah, it's all good. <laughs> say hi. Say hi. Who is it? Is it a friend of yours or somebody? Uh, I think it's my dad's husband too on the phone. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, those are all all good questions. I, I want to know, both of you, do you think that him going through with this will actually lead to the results that he thinks they will? I I hope so. Like, I, it's more of a hope than anything else. Like, do you hope. think in the real world, if this was to happen, that it would bring more people to the faith or that it would actually turn people away from the faith? Because it's mm-hmm. going to go in one direction or the other. It's not going to be neutral. Like this is this is a this is a big deal kind of thing. Mm. Like people are going to respond emotionally in one direction or the other. Do you think this is actually good for for his goal? That like that one I'm not sure. Like that's like it's, it's really complicated. It and is. It is, and that's why it's like it's a good question because yeah, it's not an easy. Why, there's no yeah. easy answer. Yeah, there is no easy answer. And like the best answer I can give is like I hope it does have positive change, whether or not like it turns people to Christianity or not. That's kind of a not irrelevant necessarily, but it's beside the point. Does it bring about a greater good in the world? Um, like through his actions, does it give people a sense of like he even says like a sense of the divine, a sense of hope, a sense of something else besides this awful corporate world like they're in. And if that happened in our world, well, first off, I don't think it would actually happen in our world. They would get in a lot of trouble and probably lots of suing would happen. But if something like that did happen and there weren't legal ramifications, I think there would be a change, probably more on the side of let's this malicious corporation. We shouldn't, this should not be a thing that happens. At least that would be my hope that some activism would be caused by this, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And maybe a sense of, hey, why was this guy why did this guy think this is the only way to give people hope in the world maybe we need to change the systems or something like that like maybe that might come mm. about from this start, start a conversation start, around start, that yeah. yeah it might yeah. start a conversation whether or not the pure awfulness of it is worth that I can't really answer it's it's just not something I can answer because I don't know Right. I'll know what the greater good is in that situation. Right. The The thing that this raises. Uh, so people who have listened to me on my shows know that I have a background in philosophy and religious studies. I have two degrees in those. I've thought about these kinds of things a lot. And I, I am uh, like everyone at a certain place in my life with my own beliefs and things. But I like to hold a lot of things up in the air and I like to give them a lot of thinking before I incorporate them into my identity, which is usually the way people take religious concepts is they actually to say that they believe something is really to work it into their own identity and the way that they filter and see things in the world. And I like to be aware of when I do that. So looking at this from my perspective, I see this as a potential issue with um, critical thinking and faith in that there, I mean, the studies have shown that people of faith, people who are highly religious score lower in critical thinking ability and are more likely to be manipulated. And I, I wonder if this is a commentary on something like that, especially with the corporate and the media side of this, Th- that, that feeling of like, is it really his, his thing or did they kind of push him into it? 
are they are they goading him into something because they're you know they're feeding him the line of oh this is going to make a difference this is going to make a difference and really it's just going to cause an awful death and potentially do more harm than good for for his own goals um and, but i don't know you know like that's that's the question like it, it, my gut says it's probably not a good idea all the way around but uh, i don't know I, don't know. Logan, like, I would not want this to happen in the real world. Right. Like, no, thank and, you. and even yeah. if there wasn't a brain dance happening, just having somebody be crucified on display because they they wanted to do it and all the news agencies picking it up, because obviously that would be news like would that be a good thing in our own society? Would it or would it be would it whether whether you think it's good or not, whatever the results are of that, would it further the goal of the person who is doing it in the way that they had hoped? Would it bring more people to that specific faith, you know, speaking kind of objectively of it? I don't know. I, I think that's that's the big question to me is, does it just show that this person was more, more gullible or does it show that this person was genuine and truly believed something and acted on it? And then even on top of that, does it show that that belief is good? Like, or does it scare people away from it? Like, well, if I become a Christian, I'm going to want to crucify myself. So, of, of course, I'm not going to do that. You know, like, <laughs> like maybe that's a terrible idea. <laughs> you know, Logan, do you have yeah. any thoughts on any of that? Yeah, well, talking about it, I think that it's twofold uh, in, in the world of cyberpunk, whether it's made or not, people are going to find this kind of content regardless. And at this point, I think Joshua comes to the realization that he wants to do this because the people that it will reach will get the message and receive the message that he's trying to put out. The rest of them are going to play the the, the brain dance for the sake of the death, regardless. We've already seen in other quest lines that people are killing. I mean, there's a quest line down on the docks where they're killing people and recording the brain dances purely for the, the black market. You know, you stop them and you come in contact with a father son figure who are selling these these uh, black market brain dances. So, I mean, the, the media getting involved is legitimizing the already acting uh, issue with with cyberpunk and brain dances in general. I think that the benefit here is, is that Joshua is taking his circumstance and his situation and trying to put out a message. Um, so and even the best intentions uh, can be can be laid, led led astray uh, by the wrong hands and at that point, do I think that media is taking advantage and pushing him to do this? 100%. Are they looking to profit off of it? 100%. But that falls exactly in line with what cyberpunk is as a genre. So Joshua going along with it to me says that he is taking the opportunity to do something that he wants to do, but also because he sees the impact that it could have on the people that it will impact. And that's better than just going out like a light in the middle of the night on an electric chair. So if he has that chance, why not take it? Like if you had a chance to impact people with something that you thought was profound and felt that it was worthy of, of going through an act this big and Disney came up with and said, hey, you know, we, we want to do a documentary on this and sell it to people. And you were like, OK, well, it'd be nice if it was free. But, you know, if you're going to sell it, then at least the message gets out there. Uh, then, then, you know, would you take that? Would you take that opportunity? And it's a hard question because sometimes you want to look at the bigger picture while kind of reconciling the selfishness of of your your goal in life and that's tough that's tough as a as a, a person especially someone who's been convicted of murder the interesting thing to me was the reactions that came from um 
uh, Gloria, who was the 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 mother of the the daughter that was killed, uh, who's also mother of the the um, other daughter that helped kind of reform Joshua. Uh, Zulika, I think, was the name. Um, if I'm reading the the articles and stuff right, their reaction to Joshua coming to their home to have this moment where he's kind of trying to resolve uh, his issues and thank them for what's going on. They reacted the way a normal person, I think, uh, in, in the broadest sense of the term would react is is kind of disgusted by the act of what's going on and, and, and realizing that, you know, regardless of how that that person has uh, been in life, that you can't get your daughter back after that situation. And it's a shame to um, Gloria to have to be confronted by someone who killed her daughters like she that that's a that's a tough thing to put on someone when they are least expecting it and that was an interesting part of the quest that i i, I wasn't expecting when when i was going through the different dialogue choices and stuff mm. yeah it's it's a tough issue and um it's a cool one to to talk about and i i we could probably go on more for this but we're actually running out of time um yeah, yeah. Ahead. do you want to is there anything you want to close this with any other thoughts you want to kind of wrap it up yeah i i just wanted to quickly say like um like i said this quest line impacted me very very deeply and very personally because i like i am christian and that's why it impacted me very very heavily and um also the fact that johnny of all people was kind of in support of what joshua was doing because in his mind he thought what joshua was doing was using the corporations against themselves at least that's one of the arguments he made yeah and i just think i don't know i think having quest lines like this where it causes these conversations like we're having right now that are very hard to answer very deep philosophical faith related or however these deep, deep questions that don't really have a right answer, I think are really important. And it's why, in my opinion, like Cyberpunk as a property, as a game, despite all the bugs it's had, or that have been fixed, mostly have been fixed, but still all the problems it had in release, all the problems it's had in the meantime, it still, to me, is a form of art. It's, it's still, it's that special, it's something special. And that quest is to me is what I always point to is like, this is why this game is special despite the problems this is what makes it amazing because they can have these conversations they can have these topics and do that in a very interesting nuanced way with no right answer and that's the point yeah. there is no right answer yeah, yeah. and and uh, like i pointed out before like if i agree with you if we're having more of these conversations then we're doing more critical thinking Mm -hmm. Then we're more sure of our beliefs and, and the things that we choose to believe rather than just falling into something. And that's just it, you know, like any belief, as long as it doesn't hurt other people, you know, like, like be sure of it, ask questions, ask the hard questions, have hard conversations. That's, you know, uh, yeah, like Socrates said, like an unexamined life is not worth living, you know, like examine, examine these things and games that bring up these discussions. I agree are, are good, you know, like having these these discussions are really, really good. Well, I would love to hear your thoughts on this because this is obviously a very di uh, diversive. That's not the word that I'm looking for. Uh, divisive. 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 This is a very divisive potentially quest line. And I'm sure some people were offended by it. I'm sure some people were inspired by it. I'm sure that there were lots of different impre impressions based on where you came from. So uh, join us on the Discord, the Robots Radio Discord. Just look it up. You guys can find it. And let us know your thoughts on this because I'd love to hear it. Um, Skullhead, thank you for joining us again. Oh, I see your dog in the background. Hi, dog. 
Hi, Doge. <laughs> um, I've got two little dogs right here. They get scared when the, when it thunders and rains outside. Um, but what, how can people get a hold of you if they want to want to reach out? All right. Um, there are two main ways. You can either uh, contact me um, through um, either my uh, official Twitter at Skullhead. Let me actually double check that real quick. That's Skullhead dot skull double, double skulls and head at at skull soldiers there we go at skull soldiers that there you is go. um or through uh, my podcast account which is at league of lore 2 and uh you can also contact me through that podcast's email which is lore of terra at gmail.com there you go or just join us on the robots radio discord because he's got a channel in there too and then you can, you can yep. check out everything from that so yeah go check out his podcast if you're into into league of legends and that world and you want to find out more about it it's going to be a, a great way to, yeah. to check that please stuff out. do um, and if you're interested the next topic is about uh the winged sisters kale and morgana if you're interested in that story well there you go awesome well thank you for joining us logan logan there was a huge announcement today for sea of thieves that uh, oh dang yeah did, uh, did you know this did you happen to notice i mean you were really busy on twitter i don't think maybe you yeah. noticed that there was a big announcement for sea of thieves that uh I'll, some I'll have to check that out some little movie franchise something about pirates uh in the I don't know. The, what, what, what's that little area south of Florida? I mean, I live near it. I live right off the coast, basically. Oh, of oh, the, uh, oh, oh, oh. Pirates, Pirates, of Pirates of the Gulf. Yeah. Pirates of the Gulf of Mexico. No, no, no. no. Pirates of the... Uh, Puerto, Puerto Rico, definitely. Pirates of Puerto Rico. I know what you're talking yeah, about. That, that, that <laughs> yeah, real, that real good B-movie series uh, based on the Disney franchise of a similar name yep. uh, is now being incorporated into Sea of Thieves, which is amazing news because my son we just watched all those movies with him and he absolutely like he was like can we watch another one can we watch another one he's like the perfect age for that and we've been playing sea of thieves and this is gonna blow up dude what do you think oh it's amazing um yeah so those of you who who might not sure or might be not be sure of the coyness that we're that we're alluding to is uh pirates of the caribbean has been integrated caribbean fully pirates of the caribbean has been completely integrated caribbean. What am I saying? We're going to, this is going to be our shtick now because you say Caribbean. So I'm going to say Caribbean. Caribbean? Caribbean? <laughs> I think Caribbean is like the, I'm an American version of Caribbean, isn't it? It's fine. It's fine. I'm Puerto Rican. I say German. both. I'm, I say, I'm a, I say I'm both. Allowed. I say both. So I don't know which one's right, but I'm just going to be I, contrary to you for both. Fun. That's, it's okay. <laughs> I have a hard time. I, I can't say the, when the word ruin and runes are, yes. are the two words that I cannot get straight in my head. And really? it's, 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 yeah. Cause every time I think of the word rune, R U N E, yeah. my head immediately pops up with like, uh, building ruins. And I always say <laughs> ruins instead. And it's to the point where I get, I get made fun of so much in my discord for it because I, I just can't keep the two straight. And my brain is like twisted on that. Oh, and no. we've had nothing but skeleton runes. <laughs> just rune yeah i can't say it straight yeah so yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll throw pirates of the caribbean uh or caribbean in in there as well <laughs> if you want if, if that makes you happy but yeah uh sea of thieves is getting jack sparrow um and and uh and davy jones the the uh flying dutchman we're getting five new Holy tall crap. tales on five tall tales june 22nd this year 
the flying Dutchman comes out of the water like it does in the movie Yeah, it's amazing. And I cannot wait. If you if you love Pirates of the Caribbean and you're not playing Sea of Thieves, I don't know what's wrong with you because this game is basically Sea of Thieves, uh, Pirates of the it's, Caribbean. It's in basically fact, Sea of Thieves. It's basically Sea of Thieves and Pirates of the Caribbean already. You know, we, we've long wanted the Black Pearl in the ship. We've long wanted oh, yeah. the Flying Dutchman. And we're finally getting that in a really amazing update that's coming out 20 seconds. So if you want to get more details, I'm doing a deep deep dive over the next couple episodes on the trailer that we got, as well as the articles that came out and how this all came to fruition. So keep an eye out for Keel Hauled Podcast, the Sea of Thieves podcast that you should be listening to if you're a fan of pirates in any way fashion if you have any questions concerns comments you can always reach me at c-a-p-t underscore l-o-g-u-n you can hit up the keel hauled podcast discord channel in the robots radio discord over in the cyberpunk podcast i will be talking about cyberpunk don't bug me about pirates in the cyberpunk pirate channel i will be only <laughs> talking about pirates in the keel hauled podcast channel okay two things one when this announcement yes. came up we were live streaming and it uh somebody on our live stream we had a, some of the other hosts from the shows were, were in there and somebody uh, i think it was toasty was like who's been on the show before was like oh my god i just popped into to logan's discord it's going crazy in there <laughs> like it was just nuts which i'm sure is yeah. absolutely true two it sounds like the actual actors for the voices like the real voices are the real actors they're really close nope. they're close they're, they're really not they're really close Johnny Johnny Depp does not do video games. He is yeah. never he's never done uh, a voice for uh, himself. So what if about the creepy lady? Hearts, the creepy oh, Tiadoma? Yeah. I don't know if it's Tiadoma. See, the problem oh, is, is that they haven't they haven't put any any updated information about this yeah. on IMDb. So the sources that I would usually go to to check and see who the voice actors were right. aren't up yet because it hasn't been published. So oh, she I'm, sounds... I'm waiting till the update. Oh, man. oh, as yeah. soon as she started talking, I was like, wait a minute, because not not because of yeah. the accent, not because it was close to the voice, but because it was like listening to the movie. And I was like, mm, yeah, mm, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe Super they just close. got her to be a character that's similar or something. And then I was like, and then the food they showed them, you know, uh, Jack behind bars reaching for the bone from the dog. <laughs> I was like, no, no it's way. Great. This is amazing. It's great. Yeah. Oh man. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, so yeah, go check that out. And if you haven't picked up Sea of Thieves, just go pick it up. Um, you can you can play with me if you, you know, wanna join us someday when I'm or, on the stream. Or use the use the affiliate link, get the yeah. get game pass for a dollar for three months. A dollar the show notes. Yeah. And try it out. Yes. It's coming out in a week. You got yes. three months of game pass through the the code that Tom's got. Yeah. Well, and see if Thieves is out on it. The new update's coming out in a week, but you can go ahead and play it like today on PC yeah. or on Xbox on, you know, Xbox one or new Xbox, or, uh, it might even be cloud-based. Can you play that? I think you can play that one on your yeah, phone. You can do it on cloud. You oh my God. On your phone. That is amazing. Touch controls. Holy, holy moly. Yeah. Or you just connect a Bluetooth controller to your phone. Like I, that's what I do. And it looks amazing. Like it's, it's crazy yeah. to see console level graphics on your phone. Like it's nuts. You have to try it at least once. So yeah, go check that that out. Uh, again, the the code is uh, the website link is bit.ly slash rr for robots radio game pass. Really easy. It's, it's a bit.ly. It's one of those little shortened links. So go get yourself game pass because I'm I'm doing it and join us tomorrow night. That's what I've got going on tomorrow night, Monday nights, ten thirty, Eastern time, uh, p.m. Not a.m. 
p.m. Uh, <laughs> Sam and I who and Sam Sam and I are doing the Mass Effect Lorecast coming up right next. I'm just going to keep streaming. You guys are going to be able to go away um, and do your own thing. But I'll stay here for the next 10 minutes. He's going to pop in. We're going to do Mass Effect Lorecast tomorrow night. We're going to be doing the Xbox Game Pass show talking about all the cool stuff coming for Game Pass from E3 and the stuff that's recently come out and the things that we've played recently. There's so much to go over. So come join us for that. And guys, thank you again for joining me. This has been super fun chat. Thank you for being here and uh, stay tuned. I'll be back in just a minute with the Mass Effect Lorecast. Talk to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, a smart podcast for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Following is a public service announcement from the Starter Set Dungeons and Dragons podcast. This is your D&D campaign. This is the Starter Set podcast. You know how like poison frogs don't lick each other's backs. So it's Howl's Moving Castle mm-hmm. with a face. Mm. Hey there, I'm Great Mandibles. Because <laughs> one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. This is your D&D campaign after listening to the Starter Set Podcast. So join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set Podcast for prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions? Hey Guardians, we are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside. Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.